Percy, as you know, in the real estate business, the key emphasis is always location, location, location. (laughs) Would that mantra apply to one's cancer care and healing? You know, Wayne, most definitely it does. Being in an environment or the location of hope, compassion, and supportive care can and does matter mentally, emotionally, and certainly potentially from a physical perspective for any cancer patient. Yes, location, location, location of where one receives their treatment does matter. We would do well to follow and have further discussion with this on today. And we shall. A young mother from the beautiful Bahamas will join us to talk about her experience on health, hope, and inspiration. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Hey, thanks, friend, for listening. This is Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepard. I guess I'm the conversation partner here each week, Percy, and good to be with you once again. It's good to be with you, and it's good to have you as my partner. Thank (laughs) you, sir. I learned so much from just hanging out with you. I really, really do. The hope and encouragement that oozes from you is uh, is encouraging a lot of people around the country and around the world, really, yeah. who listen. Praise the Lord. Okay, Praise the today, Lord. Uh, can your environment impact your healing? Uh, that's the focus of our interview coming up with uh, this young woman. It is. And again, it makes so much sense, particularly given the fact that she's uh, not from uh, 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 the land of the U.S. She's from the uh, the Bahamas. She's yeah. from a completely so different culture. So for no other reason than to hear her <laughs> accent, you should stay tuned here today because it is beautiful to listen to. It really will bless you. It'll put you in a nice state of relaxation, <laughs> mind. So the sun will be shining and <laughs> <laughs> the waves will be coming up on the beach. It'll, it'll be lovely. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to hear from her and 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 again her dynamics around how her environment and the location of where she treated was all of the world of difference for her mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, and why it does matter. Location, location, location. All right. Since that is the topic, you've uh, posed a question you'd like to ask our listeners to respond to. And so the question of the day that we'd like for you guys to kind of give us your responses to is how important do you think a correct environment is toward contributing to one's healing and recovery and why? How important is it really, mm-hmm. uh, your your location or your environment uh, toward contributing to your healing and your recovery and why? We'd love to get your responses. Please go to healthhopeandinspiration.com and you can find the drop down yep. uh, in the menu of connect uh-huh. and you can leave your answer there and we want to hear from you. Yeah, and we do hear from listeners. We really appreciate you taking the time to do that. It means a lot to us and ultimately I think it encourages each other as we share these. Uh, Recently, we posed this question, what activities for good causes have you participated in and why? Now, this isn't necessarily cancer-related, but we found this response interesting. This listener in Sioux Falls, South Dakota said, in my youth, I almost drowned while playing in a public pool because I could not swim. Thank God the lifeguard on duty saw my distress and quickly sprung into action to pull me out of the pool. As a result, I regularly donate money to my local YMCA to support their Drowning Prevention Initiative, which provides free swim classes to low-income families like myself growing up. I want to do my part to enable others to learn how to swim. That, that, that really says a lot. 
Oh, it's huge. And again, what I've learned, and you're right, this is not necessarily related to cancer, but it is relative to the question that was asked. Yes. Uh, What I have learned and understood, and there's just something within our psyche, Wayne, and we talked about this with a a previous interview, Keith Gernesey, who uh, started to uh, participate in Relay for Life. He understood, you know, as a result of what has happened to me, I've got to give back. I've got to pay it forward. Uh, I think that in many cases, what happens to us when we experience negative situations in our our lives, many people will channel that experience toward how can I further make a difference with regard to that scenario or situation that I was impacted by to help others. And so it's a wonderful, I think, human trait. And that certainly uh, is the case with this response. Thank you from Sioux Falls. And thank yeah. you that uh, you survived and lived to help others to do the same. God bless you. I hope you'll answer one of our questions this week. You can go to healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on connect, and type in your response. Percy will introduce us to our guest here in just a moment, but why don't you share some scripture with us that you have in mind right now? Our spiritual nugget, Psalms 31, verse 20, the platform that we want to stand on today for today's conversation, uh, and verse 21 says this, Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. Talking about location, verse 21. Blessed be the Lord, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. And we're going to hear how uh, this young lady felt like that being in the environment where she received her treatment was like a strong city for her and created an environment for healing and health and recovery. Speaking of locations, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is located in Atlanta and Chicago and Phoenix. It's a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, immunotherapy, and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. The word hope, 866-712-HOPE or 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, hey, 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 everyone. It is me again. I'm back with another, as always, compelling conversation uh, and story of another cancer patient. And I'm really excited. I don't think I've ever had anyone from the wonderful, beautiful islands of the Bahamas. And I've visited there so many times. But today we have uh, a beautiful woman of God. Uh, her name is Shanique Brown McKinney. Uh, she um was diagnosed in October 2016 with stage 2 breast cancer. Uh, She received her treatment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, April 2017, but she was originally diagnosed in in October of 2016, and she has now uh, been uh, deemed and classified uh, as a patient with no evidence of disease. And so we want to hear her story today. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration, Shanique. How are you doing, my dear? Thank you so much, Reverend McRae. It's such a pleasure to be here this morning. 
Well, uh, as mentioned, um, everyone can hear that that distinctive and and as I say, beautiful uh, accent of yours. Uh, I remember the first time that I went to the Bahamas, man, and not just the water and the food and the atmosphere, but if you if you don't fall in love with that accent, something's wrong with you. It's just it's soothing, it's relaxing, it just puts you it puts you in a very unbelievable state of mind. And so today. I want everyone to just relax, man, and get the island breeze going as we start talking yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> well, as mentioned in my in my introduction of you, my dear, you um you were diagnosed with uh stage two breast cancer, you know, back in 2016. And uh, we want to hear your story today. You, you, as of today, you have no evidence of disease. You're doing well and fine. But let's let's go back a little bit to the day when you were told that you had cancer, where were you and how did you feel when you heard those words? I was actually in a doctor's office um, when I was told that I was diagnosed. Yes, me being human, I was a little distraught because, you know, we had the stigma when we had cancer, we relate cancer with death. Yeah. And so, my my first um, my first thought was, "Am I going to die? Am I going to leave my kids here? Mm. How far is the cancer?" Like I had I had a lot of questions. Okay. And unfortunately, the doctor couldn't tell me right there and then because it, I had to go through a process. And the first process after the biopsy, which told him, told him that I had cancer. I had to do a PET scan. And I think for me, the worst part of having cancer is having to do a PET scan because that actually tells you how far the cancer is, if it has spread, and what's, um, what stage you're at. And so once I would have done the PET scan, I went and I had a PET scan done in Miami. Um, when I got back, I was told that it was stage two breast cancer and it had not metastasized, which means it did not spread anywhere else through the body. Okay. And so it was just contained in that one spot. Okay. And so, um, you get that news, you hear that news. And as you just stated, you were a little distraught and I think that it's, it's fair. And to your point, only human, uh, that, you know, no one I think is, is completely prepared to hear that they have cancer. You hear that, uh, you process that, you uh, get a PET scan and all that good stuff. And then at some point, uh, you have to begin going down the path of treatment. Uh, and as I understand it, that, you know, you you uh, actually received treatment previously elsewhere before you came to Cancer Treatment Centers of America. But once you got to CTCA uh, in Atlanta, um, you received chemotherapy, radiation, and also you had a double mastectomy. Let's talk a little bit about how challenging was your treatment process and journey, and how did you manage that? Chemotherapy was horrible. Um, I'm not even going to sugarcoat that, you know, I, I, I went through it and it was fine. And yes, I went through it um, because I felt that I had no other choice but to fight, okay. but to go through it. Um, but I had an I had a tremendous support team. Great. Um, I think it's because of one, my faith in God, 
And to my kids and my family, they were my, my, my rock, my inspiration, my reason to push, my reason to fight. When I wanted to cry, they was, no, you're not going to cry. You know, we're just going to push through this. And so for me, it was God and my family that was there. And as I often say, uh, you know, cancer is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And there are very few, very few cancer survivors that I know that has gone through the process of treatment and diagnosis uh, that did not have, you know, a support system and a team that helped them to manage through that. So that certainly makes sense. And that is certainly consistent with what I've experienced and what I know personally to be true. Yes. You had treatment at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And you told me prior to recording, uh, you know, that you had a really wonderful experience and that you felt like um, that good things uh, took place also because of the environment at CTCA. As a matter of fact, one of the things that you said to me is that coming to CTCA from the Bahamas was the best decision about my life that I made. What was it that that made that statement true for you? A lot of times um, I had to travel alone. At least 90% of the time I had to travel alone because my mom and my family was here taking care of my kids for me, so they couldn't really travel with me. So uh, at least 90% of the time I was by myself. Okay. And so when I came to CTCA, I honestly did not feel alone because those persons that I met along the way, they became friends. So I was actually <laughs> not in the midst of doctors and nurses and 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 drivers and, and schedulers, but I was now among friends uh-huh. who did so much for me. You know, um, I remember having to go somewhere one day and I was like, you know, I really can't make it. And one of the girls was like, no, I could take you. I could take you. When I get off, I can take you. She was from Jamaica. <laughs> so we call each other sisters. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just a good experience. I have I have good experiences all around, all around. Okay. I, 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 like, I honestly cannot say anything bad about CTCA, not the people that work there. Okay. It was an it, it was a humbling experience. Well, good. And I'm glad that it was that for you. Having said Thank that, you. one of the things that you also shared with me, particularly from a, uh, a staffing perspective, you had an experience. And I'm sure you had many experiences. You met many people, as you said, your your sister from Jamaica, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but you, you, you also shared with me the fact that, you know, uh, one of the more difficult, I guess, procedures and processes that you often had to work through was getting a CT scan. And uh, yeah. and and, you know, and for people who are listening who are part of the cancer community, they know exactly what that is. And, you know, and I've been through that as well, where I've gotten CT, all types of scans, CT scans, PET scans, et cetera. But, you know, get your body scanned or get a certain part of your body scanned. And uh, you talked about one day where you really had a very bad experience physically and uh, something from your perspective unusual happened to you. Tell that story so people can be blessed and motivated by uh, what you experienced and how it helped you manage through a difficult mental, emotional, and physical experience while receiving your treatment and care. Because I had um, a double mastectomy with skin sparing surgery, I had about four lymph nodes removed from the left arm. So my left arm has a limb restriction. Okay. So I'm only able to be um, sticking my right arm. And 
that could be a bit challenging because I was in so much pain. I was, I, I was, I was very afraid of needles, not anymore, but I was afraid of needles. And so one day I was just sitting there waiting to have my IV placed in my arm for my CT scan with contrast. And I just started to cry. Like, I don't know, I tears is coming out my eyes. And the male nurse that was attending to me asked if I was okay. And I was, you know, and I told him, no, I'm, I'm just tired of all the needles and um, the CT with contrast makes me sick. I, I, I have to um, perform it a lot of times when I do have the CT done. And so um, he asked me if it was okay for him to pray with me, for me. And I said, yes. Hmm. And I think that, that made me cry even more because I didn't have my dad in the place at that time to pray with me. He's the one that always prays with me before I have anything done. Because your dad is and a pastor. You're a, you're a pastor's kid. Is, yes, he is. My dad has been a pastor for a lot of years. And even before he's been a pastor, I've always known my dad to be a Christian. And so with that, it helps a lot because I knew within myself that I was always being prayed for. Just the things that I went through, I knew that that there was someone praying for me. Mm-hmm. And so this nurse, he just prayed with me and it was, it was just so soothing to hear a man of God pray with me and for me in a difficult time like that, that, that meant so much to me. And, you know, and so that stood out a lot. I, 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 I have thought about that every single day hmm. since that day. And and one of the things that you shared with me was the fact that uh, not only, you know, obviously someone praying for you, but the fact that this was a clinical person. This wasn't a pastor or one of the chaplains. And of course, we have chaplains and pastors at all of the Cancer Treatment Center of America facilities, and they do a wonderful job. I work with them. I know all of them very well. But this was someone part of the clinical team that that asked you to pray with you. And you said that that really blew your mind. You never experienced anything like that before. I've never, I've never, ever experienced something like that before um the thing is i go in most in most of the rooms at the center and i realize that and i mean i'm not saying this i realize that a lot of other persons that work there are christian mm-hmm. and why i say that is because of the lack of conversation we have and the kind of music they're playing in the background like like people don't know what that means to people especially coming from a Christian nation like the Bahamas, right? Um, that means so much to a lot of people. Just I turn on, I turn on a certain music right now, and I would break down crying for <laughs> no reason. I'm just in tears. Yeah. And so to know that I am so far away from home, but I still feel at home, means a lot to me. Well, certainly, and I think the the the, the big point that I'll take from from that statement is. And this is true, and I've seen this, you know, over the two decades of of my affiliation with CTCA is how important, you know, being spiritually supported is uh, to people of faith inside of a clinical environment, because typically they are away from their homes. They are away from their local church and they are disconnected from their local pastor, as was the case for you. And despite not having that direct contact with that 
you know, that base, that strong spiritual base, you were able to be spiritually supported inside of a clinical environment that uh, clearly made a big difference for you as, and again, being your dad, being a pastor and you being uh, a strong believer. Uh, I appreciate hearing that and thank God for that nurse who did that uh, in your time of need that, that has helped you. That, that, that all being said today, you are basically, uh, you you have no evidence of disease. Uh, you've you've kind of come full circle with 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 your journey. What would you? What's the one thing that you would say to anyone, maybe a woman listening, uh, that may have just been diagnosed with cancer and is about to start her process again? You've had chemotherapy, radiation. You've had a double mastectomy. You've you've seen all that basically can be thrown at one in this process. What would you say today? to encourage that one person that is listening right now? What I would say to, um, what I would say to that person is not to give up. The fight starts in your head. Mm. Once you believe in your head and in your heart that you are healed, then that's what it is. Because faith with the works is dead. And so you have the faith, allow the doctors and the nurses to do the rest. And just remain focused on God. Just Remain focused on him. Don't lose faith. And fear will always cripple you. So don't allow fear to seep in. Just continue to be faithful and lean on God's word. And and everything will be fine. Well, I, I appreciate you making the point of, you know, let the doctors do what they do. You know, put your faith in God. Because we that's the focus of this show is we walk by faith and not by sight, but we still have to take action and do something. And I thank God Amen. that you did that as, as a young woman and as a mother and obviously a, a wife uh, and a child of God. And today you are standing tall like a redwood tree as we thank close, you. as we close. Uh, what's the one thing or what is one thing that continues to give you hope today and drives your hope? My daughters, mm. my daughters, uh, the reason that I remain hopeful, my daughters are the reason that I stay prayed up and I stay focused on God because they are the reasons why I fought so hard. I needed to be here for my kids. I, I, I ask God every single day when I pray to allow me to see my kids grow up hmm. and to be able to take care of themselves. And so my daughters are the reasons. Today, you have heard from Shanique uh, Brown McKinney, uh, diagnosed in 2016 with stage two breast cancer. Thanks so much, my dear, for being on the show today. You have been listening to Health, Hope and Inspiration. Yes, Shanique, if you are listening, let me add my thanks to what you shared with Percy here on the program, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. It means a lot when our guest brings so much to the table here. So thank you. We'll talk more with Percy about the interview here in just a few moments. According to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. Caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. To address this issue, we've developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. 
If you are a pastor, a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources. You'll receive information about ministry training opportunities, and you'll receive our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. As uh, we've been talking here, I've been thinking about the free resource that we're making available, Percy, to our listeners, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. It's available free of charge, of course, on our website, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Thank you for making this available. Yeah, and this is an important topic and subject because, again, obviously there is a physical and clinical component to being a cancer patient. But in some cases, many people forget about there's an emotional impact and therefore need that uh, requires to be uh, responded to. And so this document, again, this free resource is designed to help people think through ways of being supportive uh, with regard to the emotional needs of cancer patients. You know, they deal with fear, they deal with, you know, anger, they deal with, uh, you know, a whole host of things emotionally that uh, is causing them in some cases maybe not to respond to treatment and care or not to continue on with treatment. And so we need to be equipped to be able to speak to and respond to the emotional needs of cancer patients. And this document will help people to do just that. And the good news is you can download this right now. You can use it. You can distribute it. You can print as many copies as you want. Go Mm -hmm. to healthhopeandinspiration.com. Look for the free resource, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. Well, this sweet lady you talked with today on the program, I mean, I'm so impressed with the folks that God brings to us each week on uh, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. You you seem to find them, and they, they always come through, don't they? Yeah, the Lord is good, man. He's good to me. But it also speaks to just how many cancer patients are out there whose voices have not been heard and, mm-hmm. and have not had an opportunity uh, to be on a platform. And so, you know, in this particular case, you know, I tell uh, when I listened to her, her, I was transported immediately to the beach of, of the Bahamas. I've been there many, <laughs> many, many times. And there's just a vibe, man. When you get off the plane, you know, in St. Thomas, the Bahamas, St. Croix, there's just a whole different dynamic of energy that comes over you. And you felt that yeah. when you hear her speak and talk. But she was so precious and she was so genuine with regard to addressing the fact as a pastor's kid, you know, her dad is a minister, that while being separated from her home and her community, her culture, uh, she's also was separated from her church and her spiritual leader, that she was able to find spiritual support and be nurtured spiritually while away from her local faith community at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. And again, we talk about location, location, yeah. mm-hmm, location. Mm-hmm. You know, it matters what's going on in, in one's environment, Wayne, and, and, and are they being supplemented in ways that is being beneficial with regard to, you know, the objective uh, in this particular case being in a healthcare clinical environment. I have a corollary. It's not just location, location, location. It's people, 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 don't you think? Mm, well, it certainly matters. So let's take that and we, you know, we spread that out. Again, having traveled, you know, extensively in the Caribbean, you know, one of the things that they, you know, that they tout when you're there is how friendly 
and how nice the people are. So, yeah, it's not just the beach. It's not just the weather and the temperature, but the people are so kind. Yeah. They're so friendly. They're so generous. Absolutely. So you talk about that when you correlate that. The same can be said with regard to your environment of care and treatment. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about the staff and how they treat you, how they react to you? One of the things that Shanique told the story about was one of the nurses who worked there who was from Jamaica, of all places, who would take her shopping and, you know, take her out to dinner. And she said there were times she didn't even have the money to do that. And the nurse said, don't worry about it. You know, this is part of what I want to do for you. Nice. So, again, yes, location, location, location. But people, people, people. <laughs> yeah. It matters. Yeah. And you get to rub elbows with these people every day. Well, you know, these folks are committed to one thing. And, and people are, I haven't had this question asked of me in a long time. But initially, uh, you know, what do you do for a living, uh, Percy? You know, well, you know, I work with cancer patients and the energy in the room would just go like, oh, man, that's a bummer, man. I'm so sorry for you. And, and the point to be made here is, is that what those folks do not understand to this point uh, you know, you just have to be wired a certain way to kind of work with this community and with this environment. And part of that, those folks, you know, are very much geared around giving, helping, supporting. So God has given us a different kind of gear that that's not a bummer for us. It's actually a pleasure and it is a privilege mm -hmm. to serve cancer patients and to be part of their journey. And what typically those people want to do is they want to invest in those lives. They want to help any way that they can to make a difference in their life and make and have that be an experience that is as pleasurable as possible. So in this particular case, this nurse was like, I'm taking you out to dinner. Hey, yeah. I'm going to take you shopping. Well, that's going beyond the call of duty, sure obviously, is. but that speaks to a heart of ministry and service. And how great that you, with a pastor's heart, have a place in this whole this the system as well. You you are there as a real help and support and encouragement to a lot of people. Well, the first day that I walked through the front door, you know, twenty plus years ago, I was not exactly sure why I was there. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is gonna be different. And the and you know, and I just heard the voice of the Lord say, Listen, just follow where I lead. Just follow where I lead you. And as it turned out, Wayne, it, 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 it was the breeding ground of, of ministry that was different, unusual, and certainly off of the beaten path 20 plus years ago of what people considered to be viable ministry. Today, what I would tell people, it was the greatest decision that I've ever made. And I thank God for the, it's a high calling. It really is. And I thank God that he found me worthy to be able to serve in this vineyard, in this capacity. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing if I had to go back and do it over again. It has been the greatest joy of my life. Wonderful. All right, here's the website again. And I'm giving that because I want you to go there and I want you to answer this week's question, if you will. How important do you think a correct environment is towards contributing to one's healing and recovery and why? Click on Connect and the drop-down menu. You can type in your response there at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Also, download our free resource, Emotional Needs of Cancer Patients. This is free. It's uh, available to you right now. You don't have to wait. You can go to the website and download this right now healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, let's circle back on that psalm that you read earlier as we wrap things up now. Yes, sir. And so we want to close exactly the way that we began. And that is with our scripture from Psalms, the 31st chapter, verses 20 and 21. And it reads as follows. And hear it now again for the first time after you've listened to the testimony and the story of Shanique. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence, from the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. 
Verse 21, blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. And in this particular case, uh, this person that came all the way from the Bahamas to treat at Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Atlanta felt like that the environment was like a pavilion and a strong city that gave her great clinical care, but also gave her great interpersonal interaction with staff and people who nurtured her spiritually, uh, cared and invested in her personage and showed her the love and the faith of God that she said made all of the world of difference of how she responded to her treatment and care while away from her dad, her church and her children. And so today, as we close, location, location, location matters to those who are dealing with sickness and disease. All right. Thank you, brother. Good to see you as always. And we're going to be back next time with another podcast, Health, Hope and Inspiration. And with that, I'm getting on my horse and I'm riding out, but I'll be back on the ranch next time. And remember, we've got work to do. So keep chopping the wood. I want to see you riding a horse. All right. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.